Hello, you're listening to a sermon provided by the First Presbyterian Church of Mayopac. We worship on Sundays at 10 a.m., and you can watch us live either on Facebook or YouTube. And if you're in the area, there's always a seat saved for you. We hope that this message encourages you to continue growing in humility and faith. Thanks for listening. Friends, I invite you to follow along in your pew Bible or in the nifty little uh, inserts that Kathy prints out for you, our second reading. But before that, uh, that part from our reading, uh, whenever it says, I will follow you, for, for, I, I admit my head immediately jumps to that, uh, that song from the, the Whoopi Goldberg uh, movie um, where, you know, where they sing, I will follow you, but uh, that, that's an aside. But our reading for this day comes to us from the book from the Old Testament, actually, in the book of 2 Kings chapter 2, verses 1 to 2, and verses 6 to 14. Let us listen now to God's holy word. Now when the Lord was about to take Elijah up to heaven by a whirlwind, Elijah and Elisha were on their way from Gilgal. Elijah said to Elisha, stay here, for the Lord has sent me as far as Bethel. But Elisha said, as the Lord lives and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. So they went down to Bethel. Then Elijah said to him, stay here, for the Lord has sent me to the Jordan. But Elisha said, as the Lord lives and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. So the two of them went on. Fifty men of the company of prophets also went and stood at some distance from them. And as they were both standing by the Jordan, then Elijah took his mantle and rolled it up and struck the water. The water parted to one side and to the other, and the two of them crossed on dry ground. When they had crossed, Elijah said to Elisha, Tell me, what may I do for you before I am taken from you? Elisha said, please, let me inherit a double share of your spirit. Elijah responded, you have asked a hard thing, yet if you see me as I am being taken from you, it will be granted to you. If not, it will not. As they continued walking and talking, a chariot of fire and horses of of fire separated the two of them. And Elijah ascended into a whirlwind into heaven. Elisha kept watching and crying out, Father, Father, the chariots of Israel and its horsemen. But when he could no longer see him, he grasped his own clothes and tore them in two. He picked up the mantle of Elijah that had fallen from him and went back and stood on the bank of the Jordan. He took the mantle of Elijah that had fallen from him and struck the water. And he said, where is the Lord, the God of Elijah? Where is he? He struck the water again, and the water was parted to one side and to the other. And Elijah crossed over. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. I thought today uh, we could try something different in our worship, which is that before I get into my thing where you see me and hear me talk a lot at you, (laughs) 
Sometimes, though, we have a conversation. I know that's not typical of us as Presbyterians, but we, it happens. But before we dive into our meditation, I want us to stop and think for a moment. I want us to do a little meditating of our own this morning before we dive into our passage for this day. And what I want us to do is this. Before we get into our reading, I want us to think about a time where we had a challenging conversation. A conversation about perhaps who was right and who was wrong. A conversation trying to prove your point over someone else's. A conversation, a challenging conversation where something you valued was put on the line. I want you to think about what you said, what words you exchanged with that person. I want you to think about what the other person said in return. I want you to think about what you felt afterwards, what the other person perhaps felt after that conversation. So we're gonna spend a few minutes right now to reflect on that kind of challenging conversation. And there's gonna be a little background music playing and when that sort of fades out, you'll know that that will be our time to regather. But I just want you to sit. You can get comfortable. You can close your eyes as long as you don't snore. And I want you to think about that challenging conversation.
you don't have to answer this question. You can raise your hand, though, if you want to, and, and I may call on you. But what, what makes challenging conversations challenging? What is it about challenging conversations that as soon as you think about them, they elicit these emotions we have? What is it about challenging conversations where, depending on even the name drop of a certain topic or certain person or whatever it is for you that is, what is it about challenging conversations that as soon as those things are named, you get that knot in your stomach? What is it that makes conversations like the ones you thought of challenging? Again, are these conversations challenging because it's the topic? I don't know, perhaps you thought about a Thanksgiving dinner that you were at and you know how those go. Maybe it was some kind of emotional connection that makes a conversation hard. Nothing wrong with that. Or perhaps what makes conversations hard is our really wanting to be right about something and not willing to admit we might be wrong. I think what makes conversations challenging, or what makes challenging conversations hard often, is that in these moments where we have difficult conversations, there may be a point where we admit to ourselves, perhaps that's not the right perspective. Perhaps something I've clung to or really valued for X amount of years in my life, perhaps that's not the way things are. And I think above anything else, that is what can make a challenging conversation hard. Maybe I'm wrong. But I think that ability for us to admit that perhaps we take another look at something from a different way, or perhaps we see something in a different way, and we have to admit then that we've changed, that is at the core, I think, of what makes hard conversations hard. These conversations are hard as well because they are exercises of our ability to listen. They are exercises of our ability, as I've talked about before, our spiritual ability to empathize, not sympathize. And just a, a short clarification, sympathy is if uh, I see Verna there. If Verna fell into a hole and I saw Verna down in that hole and I say, yeah, that, yeah. I try and silver line that cloud for Verna. That's sympathy. Empathy, when we engage in empathy in conversations, that's me then saying, hey, Verna, I know what it's like to fall down into a hole. I know how tough that can be in the S-U-C-Ks. That's empathy. In these conversations we have that are challenging, we need to practice those things. And quite honestly, I don't think we've been very good at engaging in these type of challenging conversations. Not just us gathered here, but as a people. Now, if you're, if you're someone who's sitting back and you're thinking, hold up a minute, 
I'm a great listener. Well, I think you can join the rest of us. That needs to go to the camp of always practicing our, our ability to listen well. Listening well requires something of us as we participate in a conversation. Listening well requires that we set aside our temptation to come to a conversation with the right answer or to come to a conversation with ears that are so tuned to only listening so that we can quickly rebuttal or retort or provide some kind of snarky comment back. That's not listening. You probably had conversations like that, and you know that's not listening. Authentic conversations only occur when we set aside that fight-or-flight response when we turn off that part of our brain that so eagerly just wants to come back at something someone said because we think it's wrong. Engaging in these type of authentic conversations requires that we open ourselves up to what is being said. And this is a key part of what it means to be a prophet, a disciple of God. We aren't called to enter into relationships with people with sort of a, uh, you know, our sacred word in one hand with a, like a hammer, megaphone in another, just to shout people down. That's not how you build relationships. That's not how you engage in authentic conversation. That's not how you engage in challenging conversations. It's about listening. The prophetic work of God is listening to the stories of the heart. It's about listening to beliefs that might run contrary to your own. It's about trusting that the Spirit is guiding us through it all. And let me tell you, these are things I constantly need to practice as well. Listening is a skill found in all walks of life, as we see in our reading for today. As we see on one hand, the prophet Elijah, God's chosen prophet, who was really this kind of a loner figure. Elijah sort of did his own thing, wasn't really social, wasn't with the in crowd. And on the other hand, we find someone like Elisha, who is very well connected, who is really on different... In, different, in a different social sphere than Elijah. We find that these two this morning in the reading, even though they come from so different walks of life, they set aside their inner fight-or-flight response to listen to the voice of God. Prophets, as much as they are called to speak, are called to hear. Hear what the hearts of the people are saying. And I mentioned that this act of listening is part of our prophetic work, is part of our work as disciples, because I believe that over the course of the next few months or years, we will be invited to converse with people about challenging topics. I suspect that at some point over the next of these next few months or years, you will be invited into a challenging conversation about things like gun control, about abortion, about civil rights, 
about equitable access to essential civil services. And I imagine me just mentioning those topics raised the hairs on a, on a few of your necks and already invoked a fight or flight response. Over the next few months, I think we are all going to be engaging in these conversations with friends, with family, with people we don't know. And as disciples of Christ, as people following in the prophetic footsteps of those who came before, we will need to decide how we will approach these conversations. We can either approach these conversations with ears that are not tuned to listening, but ears tuned to quickly retort, quickly attack. Or we can approach these conversations with a willingness to hear a new story, an experience. We might allow ourselves to be bold and open ourselves to allowing ourselves to be vulnerable to hearing something new. In our reading for today, we see Elijah and Elisha journeying. And they're journeying to these various places where they have had moments with God, where they've either listened to what God was saying to them or they've heard what people have said to them. Almost a sort of journey back to the beginning. They stop at Bethel, they stop at Jordan, they stop at Gilgad. As these prophets journey and as they visit these places where they've heard the voice of God or as they've, as they've listened to other people, I wonder if there are any moments where we can look back in our lives and we could recount a time where we practice the prophetic power of listening. Could we say that we had a moment where we practice that prophetic power of listening? Perhaps we can't name a time, which then only means there's only room for us to grow. What's important for us to know is that prophetic listening is not a discarding of values. Just because you listen doesn't mean you're, you know, completely rewriting your whole worldview. But when we prophetically listening, when we listen prophetically, we are saying that we are open to seeing where the Spirit is moving. Sometimes it means our opinions and beliefs do change. Perhaps we change our mindset on something. Sometimes it means we shore up what we believe. Okay, that's fine too. Other times, listening prophetically means that we are going to leave a conversation with more questions than answers. That's probably the most uncomfortable option of the three, but the one I think that happens the most. Through all of this, we know that God will still be with us. God will still be there. No matter how our perspectives may shift over time, we know that God will be with us, and we know this to be true as we see God walking with the prophets, as we see that God walked with Elijah throughout his call, throughout his earthly ministry, how he was there with the prophet Elisha also once Elijah was taken up to heaven. 
that separating of the waters at the end by Elisha is a sign that God has already cleared the way ahead. God has already prepared the way. I think this is part of the bigger picture that God is with us. In our past, and we'll find that as we journey along as well, we'll find that our past shapes our future. And if we allow ourselves to continually listen prophetically, we may arrive at the place where God leads us by listening. As we engage in these conversations, in these challenging conversations, let us not listen with ears that are tuned harshly to side A or side B or to point C or D. Let us listen authentically. Let us listen with our whole selves as the prophets have modeled for us. Let us be so bold as to engage in a conversation that leads us to somewhere new. Take a chance this summer and have a challenging conversation with someone you know who doesn't share your viewpoint. Invite them into a discussion with these rules of mutual listening. Because yes, authentic listening, listening well, is a two-way street. So it's important that they're on the same page. Sharing that places, sharing and listening that places empathy above winning. These conversations, friends, are not going to go away. They're not going to go away, and I think they are only going to heat up. Therefore, it's all the more important that as the people of God, we are able to learn how to engage in conversation authentically and to approach challenging conversations with hearts that know that wherever we end up, God will prepare the way ahead of us. Trusting in the steadfast presence of God that it will lead us in grace and humility and the desire for us to expand our horizons as God's people. Amen. Thanks again for listening, and we will hold you in prayer as we head into a new week. If you'd like to learn more about our church and ministry, or if you'd like to learn how you can support us, you can visit our website at mayopacchurch.org. Until next week, God bless.